What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to be covering my part two to my league-winning upside running back video. I dropped that last week. I'll put a link in the top corner of the video somewhere. But I had a lot of fun making that video, and I, co I covered Pat Corain's article titled Don't Draft an Early Round RB Without Legendary Upside. This, this article, I think it's the best article that's been released of the summer. If you haven't read it already, make sure you go read that. And if you haven't watched my video covering it, make sure you go watch that as well. But it basically says that if we want to draft a running back in the first two rounds, they need to have that legendary upside. And in the last video, I covered those running backs in the first two rounds that I think have that league winning legendary season Christian McCaffrey type upside. In this video, we're going to be doing the flip side. So we're going to we're going to be poking holes in some of your guys' favorite running backs. We're going to talk about the guys that I think are going in the first two rounds that don't have that league winning league breaking type upside. And you guys are going to get mad at me for this. So before you go down to the comment section with pitchforks and you start tearing me down and saying I got glasses and a big nose and I'm living in my mom's basement. Go down there and spit some facts. Tell me why I'm wrong about the, the way that I feel. Now, before I keep on rambling, make sure you go down below, leave a like and subscribe. You guys killed it on the last video and you guys have been showing crazy love to the channel. I would love to hit like 2.5K by the summer, but I honestly think that that's a conservative goal for you guys. You guys have been killing it this summer for me and I love you guys. I couldn't thank you guys anymore for getting me to the spot that I'm at. Now, without further ado, let's go. First things first, we're going to cover Pat Kareen's article. I know we covered it in the last video, so I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet this time. But the article's name is Don't Draft an Early Round RB Without Legendary Upside. And this is the whole premise, is that running backs are a risky bet in the first two rounds. Now, I'm going to be going over best ball win rates. The average best ball win rate is 8.3%. That's just one divided by 12. And Pat Kareen said that a bust is a 5% win rate or lower. A league winning rate is 13% or higher. And a legendary upside rate is 20% or more. And what Kareen found is that running backs are busting at a much higher rate than wide receivers in those first two rounds. And the crazy part is that wide receivers are actually in that league winning category of like above average 13% win rate more often than running backs. So wide receivers offer a safer floor and they're winning leagues just as much as running backs. So now you might be thinking to yourself, why are we ever even drafting running backs then? And, and the, the whole idea is, is the only way that it makes sense to draft a running back is when you got you got to swing for that home run upside, a Christian McCaffrey level season. That's what he's calling legendary upside, a 20% or better win rate. Those, those seasons don't happen a lot, but they're the only edge that a running back has to wide receiver in that range. He says, since 2015, running backs have had seven finishes with 20% or better win rates. Wide receivers have had just three. And running backs have four finishes with 25% or better win rates, while wide receivers have none. So running backs edge wide receivers only on that front of a 20% or better win rate. So if we draft a running back in the first two rounds, it needs to be a moonshot because that's the only edge that you're getting at running back. Like I said earlier, running backs are busting at a high rate and not only a high rate, but at a 40% clip in the first and second round. There is no such thing as drafting for floor with running backs. They either get hurt or you get an Ezekiel Elliott type season last year. Ezekiel Elliott was the RB9 in PPR scoring last year, and he had a win rate of 2.7% because he just wasn't delivering high-end enough running back upside. Now let's go over what does a legendary upside running back look like, and these are the only guys to ever hit a 20% or better win rate. We have CMC twice, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and Alvin Kamara. These are all running backs 
with 20% or better win rates, and they all commanded 100-plus targets besides Todd Gurley. Now, I think that you guys are going to push back on me saying that I'm, maybe I'm over-prioritizing wide receivers and targets, but here's the thing. I know you guys play in 0.5 PPR. I play in 0.5 PPR. Underdog is 0.5 PPR. If you're not playing on underdog, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. That is the best, best ball app for fantasy football in the game right now. So if you're going to go on best ball underdog fantasy football, make sure when you deposit, you use code Ron for a $25 bonus. Now, as I was saying, with this 0.5 PPR thing, first of all, running backs get pushed up way too far. The The discrepancy between 0.5 PPR and PPR for running backs versus wide receivers is a much smaller gap than we think. And on that same front, targets are more valuable than we think for running backs in that format. Targets are still 2.14 times as valuable as a carry in 0.5 PPR leagues. So you still want running backs with that crazy target ceiling. And when we filter this list that I have of these legendary running backs, we want 100 plus targets and we want about 22 points per game or more. Now you might tell me Christian McCaffrey in 2018, and Le'Veon Bell in 2017 don't have that 22 points per game we're looking for, 23 points per game we're looking for. But what I'll say is that CMC only cracked that list because Todd Gurley went down in the last few games of 2018. He was averaging 24.5 points per game in 0.5 PPR. And that Le'Veon Bell season was a complete apocalypse shit show at running back. Here's the RBs that were drafted in the first round that season. They all suck. So we shouldn't assume these kinds of circumstances where we're going to lower the bar for those points per game thresholds because we, we can't just assume that the running backs ahead of them are just going to collapse out of nowhere. That's not, that's not what the average season looks like. So again, we want 22 points per game or more, and we want around a 100 target upside. And if they don't have a 100 target upside, it needs to be a Todd Gurley situation where they're on like a top five scoring offense. They can run hot on TDs and they win with efficiency. So given what we know, let's break down some running backs I think are getting drafted in the top two rounds without that legendary upside. Now let's give a little bit of a disclaimer here first. We're talking about ceilings. I'm gonna be outlining these players' ceilings, not their median range of outcomes, these players, these running backs can all finish as a top five, top seven, top eight running back. But as we know, we need that legendary upside. We need that RB1, RB2 type season. Because if we can't get that from the running back position and we want to just play it safe, you know, a lot of people say, okay, when I'm drafting in round one, round, round two, I don't want to bust my whole draft. I want to draft for safety. If you're going to draft for safety, you draft a wide receiver. We know that wide receivers don't bust at a high, at a high rate. We know they don't get injured at a high rate, and we know that they're delivering league-winning rates at a high rate, higher than a running back until you get to the legendary part. So if a running back doesn't deliver doesn't deliver a legendary season, then a wide receiver should be drafted in that slot. So this first running back, Danny from Fantasy Stock Exchange, I know, I know he's not going to like this one. We're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. He is going at the fifth pick overall on underdog as the RB5. Now, I mentioned in the first video, all of the legendary seasons we've seen from running backs happen in their first five seasons. We now have Ezekiel Elliott going into year six. It's not a great sign. I'm not saying that that is his death sentence, but it is the first of many things going against him. And now up until this point, despite what you may think, Ezekiel Elliott has never been a league winner. He has never had a 13% or better win rate in his entire five-year career. We've seen many great seasons from Ezekiel Elliott, but he has never moved the needle enough where he's getting drafted in drafts. He's only twice finished better than an 8.3% win rate. That's just average. And only one time has he cracked a 10% win rate. And that was all the way back in 2016 as a rookie. The other thing going against Ezekiel Elliott, he's never been a target monster. He's not going to go out there and be McCaffrey, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. He's not that kind of guy. He's been on pace for 100 targets once in 2018. But since then, he's been in that 70 target range. I don't see a world where in 2021, he magically finds a target upside 
when he's in the same you know, passing game as Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. There's just not enough targets to go around for Ezekiel Elliott to just get dump offs and, and just compile 100 targets, which means this. We need him to be on a top five scoring offense and we need him to be hyper efficient. So we have a, a few dilemmas here, fellas. Ezekiel Elliott needs to see 22 points per game. He's only hit 20 points per game in 0.5 PPR once. That was as a rookie. I'm also going to say something so I don't have to keep repeating myself. This entire video, because I know you guys are going to come at me for targets and a lot of this win rate data is in PPR. Going forward, we are going through the lens of 0.5 PPR. So if I mention points per game, it's 0.5 PPR. Now, Zeke is teed up for a ton of volume, but the only way he pays off is with ma massive efficiency and insane touchdown upside. The problem is, is that when we see insane efficiency, that's based off of talent. And now Zeke is now in year six to expect him to just magically out of nowhere have a career year is tough for me, especially when we've seen the decline in the last two years for Ezekiel Elliott. I'm willing to throw out 2020, but even when we looked at 2019 when he was pretty good, he showed he wasn't a skilled runner between the tackles. We have yards created over expectation per attempt. It's like one of the best efficiency metrics out there because it, it takes uh, offensive line, situation, scoring offense, all out of the equation. And just the pure yards created was this guy a plus runner. As you guys can see by this chart, Ezekiel Elliott is in like the bottom corner of NFL running backs. And that was in 2019 when he was actually a good running back. So he has that going against him. He's also coming up on a lot of career touches. Bush over at Fantasy Stock Exchange, he brought up a really good point the other day saying that he he pulled out some kind of a doctor study or something like that. And as these running backs get a lot of touches on their resume, their efficiency starts to go down. So now we have an older Ezekiel Elliott. We have a lot of tread on the tires. And for us to, to say that he has this upside or he hits hyper efficiency, is tough for me. It's tough to say that he he can hit that upside on hyper efficiency when he's going to see a downtick in efficiency due to tread on the tires. He's getting older. We haven't seen him be an elite runner in some time now. I, it's just hard for me to say that he has that upside. We got to really close our eyes and use our imagination for him to get to 22 points per game in 0.5 PPR. It has to be a situation where the Cowboys are just the highest scoring offense in the league and he, he just lucks and runs hot on touchdowns and hits like 20 plus touchdowns. And that's tough. And I think that the problem for me is you can make a similar bet 15 picks later. I think Clyde edwards Delaire is the same exact bet. Clyde edwards Delaire is behind a top offensive line on a top five scoring offense. And you're praying that he just scores. You're, you're, his upside scenario is you're praying he scores in that 20 touchdown range. And he, over, he kind of overshoots on efficiency and targets. And the thing is that he's still younger. He can develop. And that's in his range of outcomes. I have a tough time saying that Zeke has that in, in his range of outcomes. Now, you guys are probably going to come in my head, and I'm not saying take CEH over Ezekiel Elliott. In their median range of outcomes, 75% of the time, Ezekiel Elliott will outscore CEH. But in that that top end, top end upside, they probably have a similar upside case. And that's what we're shooting for with these running backs in the first two rounds because the floor isn't there. Any way you want to cut it. Ezekiel Elliott, okay, fine. If he plays however many games, he has the floor of a, a top seven running back the problem is, is that that's that's not valuable that's that's if you're not hitting a top two running back rate a top three running back rate you're busting your team or he could just get hurt like most running backs do we had cmc eckler mixon we had saquon these running backs that we're drafting in the first first two rounds expect 30 to 40 percent of them to get hurt 20 percent of them to get hurt it's gonna get ugly now this next one you guys aren't going to be happy with either. We have Derrick Henry at an ADP of three on underdog. You have to take this guy at the 103. This is another one I, I can't get behind. And please hear me out first. I know a lot of you guys love the big dog. You're going to be coming at me in the comments. And remember, this is purely on the idea 
that if these running backs can't obtain a 20% plus win rate and we're shooting for 13% win rate, which is around where Ezekiel Elliott's at, we might as well just go with a wide receiver there. They hit that 13% win rate more often and they bust less often. Now, here's the problem with Derrick Henry. He hit the nuts last year. The, he had everything go right. The, the perfect, the dream scenario where Derrick Henry is the RB1 in fantasy and hits his legendary upside, that happened last year and it wasn't enough. You had C CMC and Saquon. They both go down. So they're out of the field. Now you have Derrick Henry. He hits 2,000 rushing yards for just the eighth time ever. It's his best season ever, and he still only finished as the RB3 in points per game with a 15.5% win rate. That is his ceiling. We, we've we seen it. It's the cat's out of the bag at this point. We know what the ceiling looks like. It, it, it's not 20%. He hit a career high in targets last year with 31. The lowest target total we've ever seen from a legendary running back is 87 for him, for Derrick Henry last year, if he wanted to close that gap on Dalvin Cook to be the RB1 in 0.5 PPR, he would have had to score eight more touchdowns to his already 17 to get to 22 points per game. That would have been 23 touchdowns total, the most ever in a single season since Randy Moss in 2007. It's just, it's hard to see in the modern era where we can just, we, it's hard to see a, a scenario where he gets there without the receiving upside because you need him to hit 125 rushing yards per game again. He would probably have to set the single season rushing yard record next year with 17 games. On top of that, you would need him to score in 17 games. You would need him to score 25 or more touchdowns. Now, I, I just want to be clear. Derrick Henry is not off my draft board, but he's not at third overall. I'm going to put him in a spot on the rankings where he's going to be just out of reach and I don't get him. I'm going to end up with guys that I like, that I want. Saquon, Kamara, Tyreek, Kelsey, Diggs, all those kinds of guys I'll have ahead of Derrick Henry. Like I said, I'm not, this doesn't mean I have Derrick Henry in the third round, but this is a, a, this is a list that I'm, I'm trying to fade and I'm putting them in spots on the rankings where I'm not going to end up with a ton of them. Just, just to tie just to, just to drive that home. Remember Derrick Henry's best case scenario is a 15% win rate. If we are, if we're shooting for a 15% win rate, we already know wide receivers hit that more often and they bust less. So why not grab a wide receiver instead? Now, I'm not saying take a wide receiver at three. I'm saying that there are other running backs that I'd have over Derrick Henry. And then between my, my tier one running backs and Derrick Henry is going to be Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Kelsey. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, put Devontae Adams in there as well. Now to go with our last fade, I think this one's the easiest fade of them all. It's Nick Chubb. He's going at pick 13 as the RB9. In my opinion, give me Eckler, give me Gibson, give me CEH, give me all the wide receivers through Michael Thomas, give me all the all three elite tight ends over Nick Chubb. I, I just don't see how we can justify a a top two round pick given the floor that wide that running backs have. Chubb is the quintessential floor play. That is the guy. Okay, the, the the whole the whole case for wanting to draft Nick Chubb if you're on the clock is okay. I'll grab this guy and he won't bust for me. Here's the thing though: running backs get hurt. They bust for you. We also had Ezekiel. Elliott. Remember that example I said earlier. Ezekiel Elliott, he finished as the RB9 last year. You could easily see Nick Chubb finish as the RB9 next year and not deliver on a good win rate. I just don't see how we can justify using a pick on Nick Chubb, given his upside is nowhere near legendary. And I, I love the Browns offense. I think they're going to score a lot of points. I love the offensive line. But in the two seasons with Kareem Hunt, in those games, he averages 15 points per game and he's been targeted at a 29 pace. There is not a single Doctor Strange world out there where he even hits a 15% win rate. In that scenario. So I have a hard time baking into somebody's upside a scenario where their backup gets hurt. And on top of that, for, for every game that Kareem Hunt plays, it's going to take away from Nick Chubb's win rate. The only way that Nick Chubb has legendary upside, and he would have to have a hyper efficient season, he'd have to score 20 or more touchdowns. 
that could happen. But the longer that Kareem Hunt stays healthy, the further away that becomes. You would need you would need Kareem Hunt to go down in the first few weeks, or you need him to go down in training camp in preseason for him to even have for him to even see maybe a legendary upside type season. And I, I just want to add, Nick Chubb is a top three, maybe even top one pure runner of the football in the NFL. I think he's a very skilled player. But when we have Kareem Hunt in that offense, you can only project a 60% opportunity share for a guy that doesn't even catch passes. I'm good on that value at the one, two turn. I think he'd be more interesting at the two, three turn that he's a guy where Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott, I'll still have in like the first round of the rankings, probably towards the back end of the first Nick Chubb is going to be somebody when, when I come around and I, I make this update on Patreon come August 1st, I'm going to have Nick Chubb probably at the back end of the second round, maybe the beginning of the third round. He's just not a guy that I want because he's a floor play. And as we know, there's no such thing as a floor play at running back. Now, as we wrap this video up, I'm not saying these running backs are bad. Most of them are actually pretty good at football, but in terms of fantasy, they don't offer that legendary ceiling that we're looking for. So I would just rather take wide receivers over them. I would rather take Travis Kelsey over them in the first round, depending on where they're at. And sure, they can finish as a top 12 running back. They can even finish as a top seven running back. But in order for it to pay off, the only way that you can see those 20% or better win rates, you need them to be top two, top three running backs in fantasy. You need them to have 22 points per game or more. All of these guys on this list, I don't think have that in their range of outcomes. Now, if you disagree with what I'm saying, go down below, present the bull case, man. Present the, the upside case where these guys hit that legendary ceiling. I just don't see it personally. Now, as always, you can follow me at Ron Store underscore on Twitter. You guys are the best. We've gotten to 2,000 followers on Twitter just this past week. And as I always say, man, I'm going to be pumping out these videos. I'm going to be updating the Patreon. I'm going to be going crazy on the Discord, going crazy on the content space for you guys. Because if you guys ride for me, I'll be riding for you, riding for your fantasy teams, just riding for you guys in general, your well-being, because you guys, you guys are the homies, man. Uh, you guys have gotten me this far. I'd love to hit, like, I think I said it earlier, but 2.5K subscribers by week one of the NFL season. I think you guys can crush that. So if you enjoyed this video, if you want more of this, like, high-level stuff where I kind of break down very interesting articles and then kind of give, spin my take on it, let me know down below in the comments. As always... I'll see you guys in the next one.